Welcome to Oikos. Are you guys excited to be here this morning? Awesome. Who likes to wait? You know, waiting for something can be difficult, right? Sometimes I have the phrase, I can't wait to, you know, I can't wait. I can't wait till blah. And I use that a lot. Like I said it, I think, yesterday. I know that I probably will say it again today. And it's a phrase that has just been common. I can't wait. I can't wait. Sometimes it's exciting, right? You can say that phrase, I can't wait till vacation starts. Or sometimes it can be almost in a depressing way, like, I can't wait till this day's over, right? I can't wait till I get out of that. Um, how many of you remember when you were in school, don't worry about it, Ken, when you were in school, when you were in school and you were like, oh, I can't wait till the day is done and I'm out of here. Let's take a look at this video about waiting. So what are you waiting for? I want you to take a moment and just think about what are some things in your life that you're waiting for or that you have waited for and you've seen them come into your life. What are some things that you're waiting for? When you're waiting, do you find yourself getting frustrated? When you're waiting, do you start losing hope? When you're waiting, thank you, thank you, Adrian. When you're waiting in line, how do you feel? Do you feel joyful, excited? When you like pull up in Walmart and you're about ready to buy your groceries and you realize there's 10 people and only one counter is open, do you go, yes, I get to wait? When you are in traffic, did you guys know, just I read this recently, it's in Forbes, 160,000 people moved to Houston just last year. Did you catch that? 160,000 people moved into the Houston area last year alone. I was really surprised because I thought, I didn't think anybody would be moving here in the last two years. That it would just kind of stop, stall a little bit, but absolutely not. And you know that when you're in traffic, traffic because you see how much longer you're waiting. What about when you are in the search for a husband or a wife. Hopefully none of the current wives or husbands are waiting for this. But for those of you that are single, this can be a a moment where you go, is it ever going to happen? Or maybe when you get your next raise or your new job. How How many of you have been waiting for a raise? For a long time. (laughs) Sometimes you're sitting there and you're going, do they not, your frustration comes out, don't they know what I bring to the company? Don't they know what I do? Do they not recognize? How long do I have to wait? Or maybe you're waiting for retirement. And you're thinking, man, yeah, I mean, Art is right there with us. He's like, not even 30. (laughs) 31. 
And he's going, man, retirement's just around the corner. Come on. I remember when I was thinking, oh, it'd be so good to retire. And then I started counting up the years. And I decided I should just not wait. Are you waiting to get pregnant? Sarah is not. <laughs> but others may be. You, this is actually something that people, they, they pray about. They wait. They hope. They expect. Each month they check to see, is this the month? And you wait, and you wait, and you wait. And sometimes the Lord says no. And you wait you get frustrated, stress increases when you wait. Maybe you're waiting for your kids to actually pick up after themselves. How many of you waited for your kids to pick up after themselves? Oh, I want to raise my hand forever. I feel like I've said, could you pick up after yourselves so many times? And then sometimes I wait to see, and guess what? I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for them to get to that point. Well, I have a few examples from my past and present of waiting. Um, if you're here last week, you found out that I hurt my ankle doing something stupid. And because I don't have the gene that tells me you probably shouldn't do that. But I jumped off a ladder to get a piñata. And that's why my ankle is broken. It's not because I was out trying to serve someone and they needed help. And no, it was something stupid. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to heal. And I'm getting impatient because I think it should be ready to go right now. I should be ready to have this ankle over and done with. My kids, they've been waiting for a long time for a pet. And it was so awesome. While Sarah and I were in South Carolina, we got a phone call that there was a bunny on our porch. And they needed to rescue it. So now we have a bunny. So that waiting actually stopped. They've been waiting. Adriana's been waiting a good six years for this um, pet to arrive. I'm hoping the pet will leave sooner than six years from now. Finishing our house. You guys have heard our house nightmare. Finishing our house. We've been waiting. Can't wait till this house gets done. Planning a church. I came to Houston, and I was so excited about planning a church. I waited 10 years to plant a church. Finding Sarah. I waited for Sarah oof, a long time. So for those of you who are single, sometimes God makes you wait for something that's wonderful. I waited... I thought I should be married at age 25 because I didn't want to be old and having kids. And 25 came and it went. <laughs> and then I was ready to say, maybe instead of being a Lutheran, I should be Catholic because I'm not going to get married. <laughs> and then I met Sarah under the Luther statue. And before I knew it, I was married. And now I'm old and I have kids. But the wait was worth it. What areas in your life have you waited and you actually have received? Those are things, those are areas of your life where you can reflect and go, I did wait for a long time, but the Lord granted my request. 
He heard me, and it came through. Well, this morning, we're going to be in a story from the readings this last week from a man who waited his entire life for one thing. Day after day, he would look and wait and wonder, would today be the day? His name is Simeon, and we're in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 26 is where we're going to start. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Now, just remember, at this point in history, Israel was heavily, heavily taxed by the Roman Empire. I mean, you may have just paid your taxes. By the way, that's probably late unless you got an extension. But you probably paid your taxes this year. I'm hoping so because I don't want to have to visit you in jail. But if you paid your taxes this year, you probably felt like, man, I'm giving a lot of money away. Well, I want you to times that by about three times. And that's about the tax rate that the Jews were being pushed under by the Roman authority. More than half of everything they made was going back to the Roman authority. Just think about that. Not, and they didn't get child credits. They didn't get all this other stuff that you can lower it. It was just, you get half of what I make. And I'm not making that much. So he was eagerly waiting for a Messiah that would free them from this great oppression. That would give them back their freedom, their land that they used to see under the rulership of David when they saw great prosperity in their country. So he's waiting for this Messiah to come. Verse 26, the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. The Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That was the promise that Simeon would wait for. He'd been given a promise that something huge would happen in his lifetime, and he would get to see it. So how was Simeon able to go through each day waiting, wondering, watching, to see if this promise would be fulfilled? One of the clues that we are given in this small couple verses is that he didn't do it by he didn't do it on his own will. He didn't empower himself to wait. The greatest temptation that we have when we are waiting is that we try to hurry it up, and we try to do our own thing in the waiting. Have you guys ever done that? You know you're supposed to wait, so then you go, well, Lord, I can help you. I know you're going to do this for me, but I think you might be slow. So let me do this and this. Just hurry this up. Maybe I believe you're going to um, give me a new job. So I'm just going to go in tomorrow and quit. Lord, I believe that you are going to give me a wife. 
So the first woman who walks through the door, I'm all in. How can I hurry up what the Lord is already in the process of doing? Well, Simeon knew that he couldn't. He couldn't manufacture a Messiah. He couldn't just name someone as a Messiah. He knew that it would be revealed to him when that time came. He would just simply have to wait. But the temptation that hits us is to go ahead and take it. We know this from Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Adam and Eve are in the garden. There's a temptation to have all the wisdom that you could possibly have right now. And the woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Our will, when we push and try to hurry up the weight, builds in frustration. It builds in, at times, boredom in the waiting. We just don't know what to do with ourselves if we have to wait on God. Anxiety. We get nervous. We worry. Well, what if I'm not doing enough? And impatience. And I know we all have been impatient. Even in the small things, we get impatient. But the Holy Spirit, and this is key in the verse, was upon Simeon. Because the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the Holy Spirit being upon him, that's not the Holy Spirit was like out here somewhere. The Holy Spirit was upon him, all around him. Ruach, Numa, our words, Numa in Greek, and ruach in Hebrew are words that describe the Spirit. It describes it as wind. When you feel the wind against your cheek, when you feel it on your arms, when you feel that wind come upon you, that is what the Spirit was doing. Simeon, he felt the Spirit surrounding him. And that's how he had the power to wait. The Spirit of God was upon Simeon, and Simeon also knew God's Word. He knew that God throughout history always comes through. In fact, maybe he was reading from Micah chapter 7, verse 7. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me. And my God will certainly hear me. It's important when you're waiting that you believe in the character of God, a God who is a good father, who doesn't ignore you, but actually hears you, a good father who will save you from whatever you need saving from. He's a good father who will certainly hear you, and he will certainly save you. And when you are walking with the Spirit, when the Spirit is upon you, when you're in that waiting, we know from Scripture as well, from God's Word, that the Spirit produces a kind of fruit in you. Galatians 5.22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Imagine if you think about those things you're waiting for in your life right now. A good way to determine is the Spirit in this or not is what kind of fruit it's bearing. Right? If you are patient in your waiting, the Holy Spirit is on you. He's, he is producing that fruit at that moment to be patient as you wait. If you are kind in your waiting, you're not that lying Nazi. You know, the kind that they are so rude. In fact, we had one at Starbucks the other day. Let me, I shouldn't talk about other people, but it's already out. Sarah and I were going to get my coffee in the morning that she so kindly does for me. And we pulled around the Starbucks on Yale. And we pulled around because the one bridge is closed. Pulled around just like you're supposed to. We're driving up and this other car was racing through and this lady pulled in. And I'm like, she's not going to do that. But she did. She butted her way right in front of us because she didn't want to wait. Now, the question I have in that waiting, and this is a simple waiting, right? This isn't a big time wait. Coffee is coffee. It's a simple wait, though. Will I be kind and loving, or am I going to display the action that I want to display? Anger. Vengeance. Like, as soon as she gets her coffee, can we just bump her? I wouldn't do that, though. Because the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience. So if you're waiting, ask yourself, are these fruits being produced as you're waiting? If they're not, don't get down on yourself and go, oh, Spirit must not be in this. I'm a horrible person. Because we have a good Father who speaks grace in our lives. Ask for it. Ask for the Spirit to come upon you in whatever you're waiting for. If you've been baptized, we know that the Spirit's already given you a promise that He is with you and He's marked you as His son or daughter. No one can take that away from you. And so by a simple request, by saying, Spirit, come upon me, the Spirit is upon you. You are His people, His chosen people, to produce these things so that the world may know that Jesus is our Lord. If you're waiting, may you be a fruit producer of the Spirit's fruits. Because it's in those times that people go, you are not like the world. You have been changed. You have been blessed. You have been given something different than the world gives. And we know that with Simeon, he was not like the world. We don't see a part of the story where he's complaining about going to the temple day after day after day, waiting for the Messiah. He just simply doesn't. Because the breath of God is on him. 
Verse 27, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms, and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. After waiting a long time, Simeon received the promise that was revealed to him long ago. Simeon gets to meet Jesus. He sees the Messiah, and he expresses his excitement by writing a song. Because Jesus is worth the wait. Just say that with me. Jesus is worth the wait. So what are you waiting for? What was that first thing that came on your heart when I said, think about something that you're waiting for right now? Sometimes I think the things that come into our hearts and our minds, maybe they're not totally worth the wait, right? Maybe they only have passing satisfaction. Maybe some of the things we're waiting for that we're frustrated about, that we have anxiety about, that we are losing hope about, aren't even really worth waiting for. Even things that I believe are worth it, that are given by God, just don't last. So I was told by my good friend Ken that even if my ankle heals, I'm getting to that age that something else is going to break. So I prayed for healing. My kids have been praying for healing, but that's, that's circling in my mind because things don't last. I told my kids that even though we now have a bunny, bunnies don't live that long. It's great right now until I had a, a great veterinary friend, Jessica, who said it's like six to ten years. And I thought, that's a little longer than I was expecting. <laughs> I know that Sarah and I are going to be overjoyed. We're going to have a huge party as soon as our house is completed. But I also know it's an old house, so it's never completed. As soon as we get all our projects done, we're going to find something else that we have to work on. And honestly, even if you have a new house, same thing happens. So we'll be overjoyed and we'll be excited because our house is completed, but not really. Because it too doesn't last forever. Planning Oikos was one of the most exciting things that I think I had in my life. I mean, I can't even express in words what it's done for Sarah and I and our family. This has been the best thing the Lord has given us beyond each other and our kids. Because he's given us an extended family and it gets shown over and over and over again. But I want to remind us that we're in a place right now that used to be a church that no longer exists. Even a church 
doesn't exist forever. Only the church of Christ. His church. His people. Not a name, not a place. Not a place that has a constitution. Not even that will last forever. And I know that no matter how much it will hurt that day, it's the one and greatest gift that the Lord has given me is Sarah, that we won't last forever. We will, one of us, will be taken home at some time. It's going to hurt. Because we love each other. And we don't know what life is like without each other. But even this precious gift doesn't last forever. Simeon, he waited for Jesus. Simeon waited for Jesus. That's what kept him hoping and waiting. And this is how he could continue through each day. He lived in the Spirit, and he waited for the right things. He waited for the things that would last, He'd waited for the things that would be blessings in his life. But most importantly, he waited for Jesus. And I want to be like Simeon. I want my thoughts and my words and my focus to be on Jesus. Who wants to be like Simeon? If you don't want to be like Simeon, You're going to have a sad day. (laughs) Simeon is a good guy to be. Simeon waited for the right things. He had an expected faith that Jesus would come. And boy, is that what we need today. We need to have the same faith that Simeon had, that Jesus will come. And the day that Jesus does come, that we express it with full joy. Because Jesus is worth the wait. Say it again. Even when things get hard. Jesus. Even when everything seems lost. Even when we think it's impossible. So when Jesus does come, I hope you say it a little bit more exciting. I mean, he could walk through the door. Jesus, you were worth the wait. (laughs) Let's say it together. Jesus is worth the wait. Romans 8 gives us a great message all the time. It's a great book to go to. Yet when we suffer now, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Even my kid's bunny. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, upon us, over us, 
as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Now, I believe that's worth waiting for. Being filled by the Spirit. So the things that we are placed upon our heart for His kingdom, we patiently wait for with hope and excitement, knowing that God comes through because He is a good Father. So I want to follow that Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to listen for the Spirit. I want to feel that breath, that touch of the Spirit upon my cheeks and my arms, my whole body, that the Spirit would be upon me and you because Jesus is worth the wait. And He is coming again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask this morning that you would fill all of us with your Spirit. And in the silence, may we feel your breath upon us. In the areas of our life where it has been dismal and hopeless, breathe new life upon us, Lord. Remind us that you want good things for us. As your children, if we ask for a piece of bread, you have told us that you would not give us a rock. Remind us that you do care about our daily needs, that you care about our wants, that you're not distant, but you're near. Let us feel that breath upon us. And on this day, Lord, may we give thanks for the greatest Father, for you. That you love us, that you named us, that you'll never forget us. In your name we pray. Amen.